football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers are back on the road looking to right the wrongs of the last two games and their underdogs. Comfortable spot for Purdue and a game against Illinois that will have big implications for the Big Ten West. I'm Kyle Charters. Tom Deanard here. Brian Newbert will be by. Alan Karpik as well for the Gold and Black Radio pregame show. It's been a rough couple of games for Purdue, Tom, including the loss last week to Iowa. I think everybody would sort of like to turn the page on that performance against the Hawkeyes. Uh, they'll have an opportunity to do so in a, a game that bizarrely is is big in the Big Ten West. I don't think anybody expected Illinois to be where it is. But we also expected both teams to win last week. Uh, this game has a little bit different feel than what it did a week ago. Both of these teams, Purdue and Illinois, losing at home as favorites. So it does put a little bit of a different touch on this game on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Um... Not ideal for Illinois, especially that that came out of nowhere. That home loss to Michigan State last week was so much on the line. And then you talked about Purdue. Um, two weeks in a row now, Kyle. <clears throat> I think they've really disappointed, falling behind twenty-one to nothing at Wisconsin, and then seventeen to nothing last week at home, and then windswept Rossade Stadium. Those are two good teams, obviously. Purdue lost to, but I think I think fans are still frustrated. It seemed to be seemed to be sort of non-competitive, and. Uh, I think, again, that, that was a point of contention made with some of the fans. So, yeah, here we go, though. The, the deck gets reset, right? And uh, everything's still on the table for Purdue. They got to obviously start with beating this this Illinois team that's, that's the front runner in the West and has a lot to play for on senior day. And it's going to be, like I said, Hurdy coming off that loss to the Spartans. Yeah, no doubt about it. You mentioned those starts against uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, which, by the way, Wisconsin and Iowa might end up being the two best teams in the Big Ten West. We'll sort of see how everything shakes out. But Purdue can just not afford to get behind like it did against those two opponents, but especially those two opponents who the whole M.O. for them is to get a lead, lean in on the running game, play defense, force teams to try to come back. Unfortunately, Purdue fell right into that trap. The Boilermakers have to get off to a better start against Illinois because this is an Illinois team that is is somewhat built similarly and that it plays good defense and can run the football. Yeah, you're exactly right. Brett Bielema has built that Illinois program very much in the likeness of, of the one he ran up in, up in Madison, Wisconsin, not so long ago. Um, tough physical on offense, wants to punch you in the nose with a strong running game. And the defense has just been uh, the real story, I think, in Illinois, Kyle. Number one in the country right now in total defense. Number one in pass defense. Number four in rushing defense. Everybody's gushing about their young coordinator, Ryan Walters. You know, he's the next next hot commodity in coaching circles, supposedly. So it's, it's a tough um, – it's just a tough mix that Illinois has right now for anybody to deal with. Um, have some nice wins. They beat, they beat Wisconsin, Kyle. They beat Iowa. Yeah. Um, still trying to figure out how they lost to IU in the opener, but it seems like 100 years ago. But here they are, 7-2 and two on top of the Big Ten West, controlling their own destiny. And uh, it's going to be cold, Kyle, probably in the 20s, 30s. I think in the 30s, you know, maybe winds 10, 15, 20 miles in an hour. So it's going to be classic November Big Ten weather. Can't Purdue deal with it? You've talked about it in the past. You've tweeted about it. Purdue's issues playing well in, in, in just inclement weather. 
Yeah, it is interesting, those losses, uh, mm-hmm. Illinois uh, to Indiana and Michigan State. Now, if you look at the stats for the Illini, they're really good. Give up just 10 points per game, 150-something yards through the air per game. But the two teams that they've played that really do pass the ball well, Indiana and Michigan State, you throw Nebraska in there too, the Cornhuskers pass it okay. But Illinois lost to two of those teams. Um, and so perhaps there's an avenue, even though yeah. – uh, the stats look really good for the fighting Illini uh, that Aiden O'Connell, if he gets it rolling again a little bit, can you know move the ball through the air some. What does he have to do in that passing offense for Purdue to get going again? Because it has been a, a difficult couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a great observation. Um, this is going to be the best quarterback, I think, best passing offense Illinois will have faced. <clears throat> Excuse me, he talked about Peyton Thorne last week from Michigan State. You know, Kyle, I think in the Nebraska-Illinois game, Casey Thompson got hurt, too. Yeah. So I think that really put Nebraska behind the eight ball. But you're right. This is going to be a little different matchup for Illinois' defense. Um, they, they like some of these D-backs they've got, Kyle. They think one of these guys is a pro, Witherspoon, and uh, he's going to be on Charlie Jones. Can anybody else help out Charlie Jones in the pass game? And, and again, getting, getting Aiden back on track. I think, I think there's been a level of disappointment the last two weeks with O'Connell, especially at Wisconsin. Um, <clears throat> maybe he's trying to do too much. Uh, but, you know, we all know, right, Purdue's only going to go as far as Aiden takes him. If, if he continues to sort of play at a, at a, at a, at a middling level and, and struggles and turns the ball over, Purdue's got no shot. Yeah. So you have to hope that he's doubting. Maybe playing back in his home state will motivate him. You know, this is it. Again, do or die time for Purdue. And if Aiden ever is going to wake up here and regain some of that form we saw like against Nebraska, now obviously is the time. But Charlie Jones needs help. Maybe this can be a big game for Payne Durham. And Kyle, how about how about handing the ball off to number forty-five, maybe twenty, twenty-five times? Yeah, it'd be nice to see Devin Mockaby get going, uh, especially in a game um, where Purdue's going to want to be able to control the ball a little bit against uh, you know an offense that's been very efficient for for Illinois. They run the football, don't make a whole lot of mistakes either. Uh, where's Purdue from an injury point of view, Tom? Not in bad shape, to be honest with you, for, for game number 10 here, week number 11. Not in bad shape. Um, no surprise, King DeRue will not play. Calf injury. Uh, I don't think he will be missed, although you would like to have him. And uh, Brock Thompson, again, that, that soap opera continues to play out. He's still not ready. Not that that was a big revelation. But otherwise, the offense should be pretty well set, buddy. They got their six linemen. They're, you know, Mock could be down, and you got your quarterback, and you got Charlie and Payne. And defensively, uh, honestly, Kyle, they're uh, they're they're good to go. You know, OC Brothers didn't start last week, but he, I, I, I think he may get back in the starting lineup this week. He'd been banged up and missed some time up front. Kydron Jenkins came back last week. Uh, the back end, um, healthy. You know, Corey Trice, Jamari Brown had some issues at Wisconsin, but yeah, they're they're not in bad shape. Jack Ansel had some tendonitis in his right knee. If you notice, he didn't he didn't do the last punt last week. Brendan Crops, he did, but Jeff Brom said he's good to go. So yeah, they're 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 not in too bad a shape right now uh, from an injury standpoint. Much more on the show. We'll talk to Brian Uber to get his perspective. Hit a segment with Alan Carpick talking a little bit of uh, Big Ten football historical view of this matchup that has been dominated recently by the road team. We'll uh, talk to him about that uh, and much more. Let's take a quick break. Get a weather update with WLFI meteorologist David Seipel. 
Hello from News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers are taking on Illinois Saturday with a kickoff time around noon. If you are taking the trip down to Champaign, Illinois, pack the warm gear. Temperatures in the morning for tailgaters will be in the mid to lower 30s with northwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour giving way to wind chills in the mid-20s. Even a few flurries could be possible in the morning and through the game itself. Right at kickoff, temperatures should be around 36 with a wind chill of 27 degrees. Winds will be sustained 15 miles per hour and gusting up to 20 to 30, so winds could be a factor for Saturday's game. It will continue to be windy and cold throughout the afternoon, with highs only reaching up into the mid to upper 30s. Bottom line, prepare for a cold and blustery game for the Boilermakers. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. Boiler up, hammer down. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent We'll walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, I'm pleased to be joined by Lauren Tate, longtime Illinois sports personality. Lauren's been there and done that. He's an icon in the Big Ten and a treasure to Illinois. And Lauren, thank you for joining us. Big game this weekend in Memorial Stadium between Purdue and Illinois. First, let's jump right in, Lauren, the Illinois offense. Tell Purdue fans what they can expect from that Illinois offense. Well, it's it's a one-two punch. Obviously, they got they've had the number one rusher in the country, and Chase Brown, who's been over 100 yards every game, he's averaging around or close to 150, and uh, they run him a lot. He's he's allowed to run 30, 35 times, even though uh, they're trying to cut back a little bit because he's been over 40 at times, and they're probably overworking him a little bit. And of course, uh, as as a passer, Tommy DeVito, the transfer from Syracuse, is is completing uh, about. 72% of his passes, which is going to be an Illinois record if he, if he sustains it. And mostly short passes, uh, Tom. Uh, he doesn't go deep uh, like Purdue does a lot. Uh, but he's he's very efficient in, in getting the ball out to, to Isaiah Williams and Hightower and, and even uh, Chase Brown sometimes. So that'll be the that'll be the one-two punch. And the, the, the big goal will be to protect uh, DeVito, as which they've done a really good job of protecting him in the pocket and then causing uh, creating some holes for Chase Brown. Now defensively, Lauren, that's really where Illinois seems like it's made its hay with Ryan Walters, the rising star defensive coordinator. Tell the Purdue fans what they can expect from that Illini defense Saturday. Well, I think what you can expect is a lot more of the unexpected because they do blitz a lot and they, they get, they're playing basically a five-man line, although they don't always bring five. 
and uh, they're getting tremendous tackle play out of two guys, Johnny Newton, who looks like he's going to be a pro at one tackle slot, and then Keith Randolph, uh, a former basketball player down at Belleville, is playing, is doing a tremendous job uh, at the at the at, at the right tackle. So they're. Uh, they're strong at those defensive tackles. So they've got some new uh, defensive ends that are playing pretty well. And the, and the concern in the secondary is that uh, Nicholson, who is the starting corner, and his backup, Jennings, went out of the game uh, this past weekend. And it isn't clear whether they'll be able to return. They were hurt early in the ball game, And, and uh, there's some question whether Nicholson, who's been a starter all year, will be able to play this week. So that could be a problem for the secondary. Okay, Lauren, how do you see the game unfolding Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff in beautiful Champaign-Urbana? Well, it's going to be cold. It's going to be probably down uh, around 40 degrees, uh, and it's going to be one of those games where the weather's going to play a part, as it did certainly in in the game against Michigan State Saturday, uh, which Illinois lost, as you know. And uh, I think Illinois is, is set to bounce back. I think they have a little more line uh, strength in the line than Purdue, but I think they're very worried about uh, O'Connell's passing and whether they can keep him under control. And it's just a wait and see as to how the weather affects the game. There's a tremendous wind on Saturday. Uh, I don't think the wind will be that much, but it will be cold. Should be fun, Lauren. Looks like Illinois is almost about a seven-point favorite. Battle of the Canyon. Everybody's chasing the Illini in the West. They control their destiny. Purdue wants to try to muck up the work. It should be fun, Lauren. I really look forward to seeing you, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring in Brian Newbert to get his perspective on the Boilermakers and the Fighting Illini, who will kick off uh, Saturday in Champaign. Uh, Brian, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the Boilermakers. You know, I, I tweeted this earlier in the week. You, just at times when you think maybe Purdue sort of doesn't have anything left. Jeff Brom teams have tended to to push back on that notion, and we saw it certainly early in his tenure at Purdue, uh, when the Boilermakers sort of against all odds. It seemed like you know made it to a couple of bowl games in his first couple of years. That second year, I think Purdue was four and six, and needed a couple of victories over the last couple of weeks of the season to get you know two bowl eligibility. We saw it uh, a little bit last year. Um, you know, Purdue did not play all that well in the first half of the season, got rolling really then in the second half of the year. And even looking back at the beginning of this year, um, when Purdue starts one and two, and you just felt like, man, this, this season has a chance to turn a different direction than what we expected. Um, Purdue got it rolling once again. And now, you know, after a couple of losses, uh, that look sort of disappointing, um, Purdue has an opportunity in a big game at Illinois to to maybe fight back once again. Yeah, how much of that is them, you know, summoning their best when they need it the most, and how much of that is just general inconsistency, I don't know. And I I don't know, 
if that's necessarily the way you want things to be. But um, yes, Purdue has always, I, I don't know if, if there's ever been a moment where Purdue has looked more cooked than, you know, before the bowl game last year uh, too, you know, you, you're yeah. down all your best players um, and you're playing a team that is essentially playing a home game uh, that has, more talent than you do and you come back and you win that game they have a moment they have a knack for surprising you mm-hmm. and you know i i don't want to frame this as a game where i think anyone should be surprised if purdue wins this game um but i i also think that as i've said many times here in the last week or so is that you know when purdue was winning purdue wasn't playing great too uh so i think the results of these last two games probably line up with you know purdue's problems persisting and them just running into opponents that didn't let purdue get away with it yeah uh there's always that possibility that purdue just gets through a game without turning the ball over without busting tackles uh, or i'm sorry without missing tackles that lead to big plays and those are things that are either easily fixable on a week-to-week basis or the randomness of college football just say, hey, that's not going to happen this week. Yeah. Uh, and if Purdue just gets through a week without those two things happening, I, I'm not sure they there's anybody they can't beat. Uh, uh, so I think that's, that's kind of where things lie this weekend. This is Purdue just – I don't think Illinois is – I'm not sure Illinois is better than Purdue. Uh, the record says they are. The rankings say they are, but I don't know if they are. Uh, Purdue just has to. Purdue doesn't need this sort of volcanic eruption. They they don't need, you know, two thousand. Uh, they don't need that Ohio State game from right. twenty eighteen. They they don't need that sort of heroic performance. They just need to not beat themselves. <laughs> and I think us talking about their knack for rising to the occasion maybe is making more of this than it really is. Purdue just has to not beat itself. Purdue just has to play well. Yeah, it has done a lot to uh, to beat itself. Slow starts, you know, some turnovers uh, for Maiden O'Connell that have been atypical. Saturday's game does have a feel, though, of one that – and I, I don't often know what's going on, uh, admittedly, but it's hard to it's hard to predict exactly what you'll see on Saturday. I feel like because, you know, Illinois has won games. Now it's won games against what I would feel like is a little bit of a, a weaker slate of games, perhaps. Um, and Purdue has won games that it has not looked all that great and lost these last couple of games when they've sort of been exploited. Uh, I don't know. It does. Saturday to me has more of a feel of the unknown a little bit than, than what I feel like is typical. Well, this is a, if you look at the statistics, you you look at the analytics. This is a continuation of Iowa, um, yeah. Because because Illinois plays very similar to the way Iowa plays. Uh, their strengths are consistent with what Iowa's strengths are. Their weaknesses are consistent with what Iowa's are. Obviously, Iowa, from a defensive perspective, solved Purdue and then some. Uh, I think Purdue, you know making some mistakes in terms of, of of the passing game and being inaccurate, throwing interceptions. I think the weather, you know, was a little bit of a component of that. Uh, but if Purdue can just, you know, Purdue's going to have to make throws. And 
they're just going to have to not turn the ball over. And I think if, if Purdue can test Illinois down the field, um, this is where your six year quarterback has to play. Well, uh, these are the games where you need him to be his best. Uh, and I don't, I don't see him not being capable of that. I, I don't think he's had the sort of year that, you know, Purdue's needed him to have, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have it in him. I mean, this is the same guy who was, who was outstanding down the stretch last season. Uh, I, I, I don't see any reason why Purdue can't, can't have some success throwing the ball against a team that's really good against the pass, but hasn't been tested against the pass all that much. Uh, I think that, you know, Iowa probably laid a blueprint for uh, defenses Purdue's going to face from here on out in terms of making sure that you protect the sideline down the field and keeping everything in the middle of the field and things like that and make him throw into a bunch of bodies. Yeah. Uh, how much Illinois can have success with that too. Uh, it's not like, it's not like Iowa took away Charlie Jones. It's they just took away everyone else. Yeah. Somebody else has to, ha- has to make a play in this game. There's yeah. just no way around that. Somebody else in addition to Charlie Jones has to make a big play, has to at least be consistent, has to make the defense have some balance to it and not just, and not just try to tee off on Charlie Jones. But I I don't see any reason why Purdue can't have some success against Illinois this weekend. Thanks, Brian. No problem. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more on golden black radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and Downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Carpet to talk a little bit of Big Ten football, five games around the league that we are taking a look at outside the one in Champaign. Alan, we're going to skip that Indiana-Ohio State game. The Buckeyes, 40-point favorites. 40. Uh, four yeah, 4-0. <laughs> Let's go to uh, East Lansing. The Spartans taking on the Scarlet Knights noon kickoff. Uh, a couple of teams that are 4-5 and five on the season. Michigan State maybe uh, having recovered a little bit from uh, the beginning of the season, got a nice victory last week on the road uh, in Champaign. Purdue will try to replicate that same formula for a, a win on Saturday, but the Spartans within a game again of 500. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was impressive that they were able, and they really dominated uh, uh Illinois last week. So, yeah, I think Michigan State's got a chance to get the job done in this one, but it is just a situation, too, where Michigan State might be the best team in the in the Big Ten West. It just doesn't play there. <laughs> so um, that uh, that is kind of a funny, funny way of looking at things right now, but uh, uh, shows you the disparity between the divisions. Michigan State a 10-point favorite in that one. Nebraska on the road 
uh, at Michigan, the Wolverines, the number three team, uh, sitting there in the college football playoff uh, at the moment. We'll see how all of that shakes out, considering they have to play Ohio State in a couple of weeks. Uh, Nebraska trying to stay bowl eligible here, but it would take a monumental upset. They are 31-point underdogs on the road. What do you think the last time the Cornhuskers, the proud Nebraska <laughs> Cornhuskers, were 31-point underdogs in a conference game? That seems crazy to me, but they are. Yeah, they are, and I don't know. It's been a long time, if ever. And you think about it, it's the 25-year anniversary when Michigan and Nebraska – both won the share of the national championship in 1997. So that uh, just shows you how much things have changed. So, yeah, I, I think Michigan is gets everybody all excited because they don't do much in the first half of games or they've had struggles and certain, certainly last week when they were behind the Rutgers and then they just blow them out in yeah. the second half. Uh, I, I think they'll do this again uh, to Nebraska just by, by doing what it does. It just, they're just significantly better at every position. And I don't even know if they'll, if Nebraska will stay in this game, you know, Nebraska's done some good things uh, in short spurts, but uh, it's going to take 60 minutes of uh, a miracle for them to beat Michigan or even stay in that game for the fourth quarter. Another 3.30 kick. Maryland is at uh, number 14, Penn State. The Nittany Lions, a 10-point favorite. And this one, though we know the Terrapins can be uh, uh, sneaky good, this is another interesting game, I think, in, in sort of contrasting styles a little bit, whether Maryland can get it going in the passing game enough to get a road upset. Yeah, it, it, it really gives – and, you know, you talk about maybe Maryland would be the best. Of course, Purdue beat Maryland, so maybe that doesn't quite be the game. Maryland would be uh, look good in the uh, East – or, excuse me, in the West Division as well. So, yeah, I think Maryland has had a, had a year that uh, they control the football. They've shown that they've uh, uh, been able to stay in games. They stayed in the game certainly at uh, the big house – uh, I think that uh, this one is a, is a sneaky game. I've still not been sold on Penn State the entire year. Uh, I think Penn State will get out of this game alive, but I think it will be a competitive game that will that will probably go into the fourth quarter. 3.30 Wisconsin is at Iowa. Both these teams have identical records, 5-4, and 3-3 and three in the Big Ten and have been playing well as of late. Wisconsin is a, a narrow favorite on the road. This one is intriguing. Uh, to to some others in the Big Ten, including Purdue and Illinois. Um, you know, Purdue's path to a Big Ten title does include each one of these teams uh, needing a loss. One of them will lose on Saturday. The over-under is 35. It feels like maybe it should be 22 uh, in this game. But uh, we'll see how it shakes out in Iowa City. Yeah, this is the 12 to niner. Uh, I think it's it's got it's going to be a uh, so that'll put it at 21 points. That's 12 points for one team and nine points for the other. Uh, I, I I just think it, yes, by definition, uh, guarantee that either Wisconsin or I are going to lose. Now, for Purdue to get to the Big Ten championship game, they would need to lose again. The the winner of today's or yeah. winner of Saturday's game again. Purdue didn't need to worry about that just yet. They need to figure out how, a way to move the chains against Illinois, but. I, I think Iowa will win at home. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe their offense woke up. They can run the football. They showed that last week against Purdue. Um, and I think that it'll be just enough to beat Wisconsin. 3.30 kickoff in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Another one of those teams that is three and 3-3 three and still with a chance in the Big Ten West, taking on 
Northwestern may be the one team in the Big Ten West that has no chance. Uh, the Wildcats have not won in the United States this year. They're one and eight, one and five in the Big Ten. Minnesota is a 17 and a half point favorite. Yeah. Gophers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. But I think you still have to, and I, you know, what happened last week, I know it was a terrible weather day, and but they outgained Ohio State. I know statistics are for losers and Northwestern right now is a loser. But uh, all I'm saying is, uh, yeah, I think Minnesota will get out of there alive. But uh, Purdue will have to be careful next week. I know we're not we're not doing a preview for the Northwestern game just because Northwestern will will not beat itself. Will try hard not to beat itself, and and are showing some signs of life here in the last few weeks. Uh, uh, again, I think Minnesota wins the game, but uh, the Wildcats can be a little bit dangerous for a one and eight team. Northwestern's not beating itself, but the other teams are beating them. That is correct, <laughs> and they have eight out of nine times this year. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that's the Big Ten roundup. Let's go back in time with a historical look. Here's Alan Karthik. All right, Al, let's take a historical look at Purdue and Illinois. The Boilermakers have uh, fared well in this matchup, winning 16 of the last 22 for the Cannon. Uh, they also have not lost in Champaign since 2010. This has been a weird matchup where the road team really has played well. Eight and two in the last 10 matchups is the road team. Yeah, you know, and it's funny in that game in 2010, the weather tomorrow, you know how much I love weather. It's going to be very similar to what it was in that uh, the Nathan Shieldhouse uh, game when Illinois spanked Purdue in 2010 with Danny Hope, a very blustery cold day, as I recall. So uh, that's what we're going to see tomorrow. Purdue will hope history doesn't repeat itself. But yeah, since Purdue beat a ranked Jim Coletta, one of his best road victories, uh, as a coach, the Purdue wins at Illinois, twenty-two to sixteen. They they stop them at the one-yard line at the at the at the last second. Win that game, Jim Coletto thought uh, he's going to get Purdue to a bowl that year. That didn't happen. Uh, but since then, Purdue has been really dominant in the series, uh, sixteen and six. Like you said, some quirky games over the years, and Illinois has. Uh, and the road team, like you said, has been pretty dominant. And Daryl Hazel, that's the great trivia question. Which team did he beat in, in the Big Ten twice? Illinois. Where did he beat them? On the road, uh, 2014 and 2016. Austin Appleby, I remember him running wild in 2014, for as much as Austin Appleby could run wild. I've tried to erase the rest of that to, from my memory, but I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, two victories against the Illini on the road. Well, right, and then it was a it was a walk off. Griggs was it Griggs that had the field yeah. goal in sixteen, yeah. uh, and then Daryl Hazel thought he'd saved his job. He did not. The next year, next week, uh, they get creamed by Iowa, and that is the end of the Daryl Hazel era. Yeah, enough talking about that. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Thank you, Al. All right, thank you. That's a historical look at uh, Purdue and Illinois. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. If this is Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring Tom back in to talk about a couple of matchups and get our predictions as well as Purdue travels to Champaign to take on the fighting Illini. 
Purdue's defense in the back half, again, that's been a big storyline for the Boilermakers. You know, a surprising one considering how much experience Purdue has in the back half of its defense. This is an Illinois offense, Tom, that uh, runs the football, obviously, with Chase Brown. Purdue will try to do what it can with him, though he has been extremely consistent this year. I think every one of his games between 108 and 199 yards. And 108 was against Chattanooga. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. He's been really good. Uh, Purdue's going to have to find a way to slow him down, this typical Purdue MO here, slow him down, and then you know, stop Tommy DeVito from, from beating them in the passing game. He has not turned the ball over a whole lot. What does Purdue try to do to find a solution there? Yeah, the cavalcade of good running backs facing Purdue continues with Chase Brown, who leads America in rushing yards and carries Kyle. Um, so he's feeling it right now. You know, Purdue's seen Sean Tucker at Syracuse, Nate Singleton uh, at Penn State. Uh, you know, Braylon, Braylon Allen at Wisconsin last week with Caleb Johnson for Iowa. So sort of uh, on and on it goes. And uh, they had to, they did do a good job earlier this year, but the last two weekends they've really got punched in the nose, and this may be their biggest challenge yet. So you can't let chase brown run wild you got to try to get a lead on illinois god bless tommy devito i know the stats are good but he's still more of a game manager kyle they don't really ask him to throw the ball downfield it's more of a short controlled passing game you still want to try to make the syracuse transfer try to beat you again that that's what that makes the importance of getting a lead so so big for purdue unlike the last two weeks when they couldn't do that um so, again, um, he's been a nice quarterback. You talk about the lack of turnovers. I don't think he has a pick since September. So, again, a classic game manager who, uh, who, who he's not asked to do a whole heck of a lot. But, again, he's got to try to commit to the run, slow down Chase Brown, make DeVito try to throw it. If he, if he, if he throws over 25 or 30 passes, you like Purdue's chances to win, I think. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that we have not, at least I have not, talked uh, enough about is, you know, Purdue's defense is giving up some yardage. The one thing that it could do to help alleviate that or offset it or make us ignore that a little bit more is get some turnovers. Purdue has, what, it's just collected one turnover in the last two games. I mean, if you're going to give up some big plays, you've got to do something uh, to get Tommy DeVito to, to turn it over or fumble it or somebody, you know, create something out there. Any mm -hmm. chance that Purdue, you know, just tries to bring more pressures uh, knowing that maybe it's going to have some breakdowns in the back half. But if it can get some pressure up front, maybe it can create a turnover or two. Yeah, that's a good point. I think for the year, Purdue's minus four in turnover margin. You're right, of late, that's they've dried up. Remember early in the year, they were getting in the interceptions, some pick sixes, a couple pick sixes, yeah. a late turnover against Florida Atlantic. That that largely has been absent, you're right. And then that, that's got to obviously flip if Purdue wants to win a game on the road against this, this strong Illinois team. So, yeah, you know, you're right. Maybe we see Ron Ingus dial up some, some, some unique pressures here to get after DeVito. Um, I think you can help the secondary, Kyle, if you mix coverages. I think sometimes Purdue plays a little bit too, too much man-free. And, uh, and, you know, at this point, this is, the secondary is what it is. You, you don't fix your personnel during the season, right? This is stuff you got to deal with, that stuff in the offseason. Right now you got to figure out a way to, to make what you got in your kitchen work, if you will, you know, and, and, and come up with schemes these guys can play and are comfortable with. To me, man, just keep everything in front of you and, and, and forget the man coverage. I think just uh, play some zone, make teams try to march down the field on you. Maybe they make a mistake. 
So, yeah, I think you know, that, that's the challenge of this defense is to stop the bleeding in the back end. I think, again, you can do that with, with your coverages. And like you said, Kyle, maybe you can do that too by getting more pressure on the quarterback. And, of course, that will make the job of the DBs that much more easier. Yeah, football, uh, Tom, as we know, is largely a game of hiding your weaknesses. And uh, Purdue's just yeah. got to find a way uh, to do a better job of, of hiding uh, that weakness. All right, uh, let's get a couple of predictions here, Tom. Who you got on Saturday? I got to go Illinois. I don't think Illinois covers. I'm I'm, I'm in 27-25 a line. I um, I just think again senior day. The fact Illinois is hurting from last week's embarrassment at home to the Spartans. The fact that they can see the finish line and a trip to Indianapolis in their in their sights, and Purdue struggles of course the last two weeks. You mix all that together. I have a hard time seeing Purdue escaping Champagne with a win. Maybe I'm wrong. This is when Jeff Rom usually rallies his troops, but I think the line I get this one. Yeah, we have seen Purdue in these situations with Jeff Rom be able to, to push back sort of when we don't expect it. I mean, you can look no farther than than really last – well, really earlier this year. I mean, we didn't expect Purdue to be able to go on the road to Minnesota and, and get a victory, especially considering uh, we were all down in the dumps after Purdue won a football game. Uh, the week before so you know I, I think the Purdue has responded in these instances um, and and maybe that in combination with the fact that I've just been wrong all year I'm going to take Purdue uh, <laughs> as a as uh, an upset 24 to 20 no I, I have been wrong all year I mean it's just it's an embarrassing embarrassingly wrong uh, so I'm going to take Purdue uh with the the upset, I mean Purdue has already upset two teams in the Big Ten as road dogs. What they're a seven point ish underdog somewhere in there uh, in Champaign on Saturday. I, I just think that we'll see Purdue respond uh, in a positive way on Saturday compared to what we have seen the last couple of weeks, um, and maybe be able to make a play or two, get a turnover in the fourth quarter. That makes a difference. I'll take the Boilermakers 24 to 20. Hey, thanks, Tom. Take care, my friend. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. Be sure to subscribe. You can search on your favorite podcast app, Gold and Black Radio. Leave us five stars and a comment if you'd like as well. Thanks to our sponsors. And for Tom Deanhart, Brian Hubert, and Alan Karpik, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.